hello, hello. You are now listening to The Raw Collection. I'm your host, Angela Pennyfeather. And this year marks the 50th year of hip-hop. And and if you're wondering what hip-hop has to do with fashion, it's everything. Hip-hop influenced style. It always had, it always will. And I really wanted today's episode, it's also our last episode for the season, I wanted to bring a legend to the industry. He is the founder, creator, the co-host of the iconic and legendary video music bots. He is Mr. Ralph McDaniels. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I was telling a few people about you as my special guest for today, and they were having like a complete fangirl, fanboy moment. Like, do you understand the impact that you had on this generation of kids that would run home, right? Like run to make sure that they would be there Fridays to watch video music bots. And if they weren't home, they had to have it recorded. Like, do you understand the impact that you've had? I I do now, you know, when we were doing it, I didn't think about it because mm-hmm. I was in the middle of it. <laughs> but, you know, here we are celebrating 40 years of video music box and 50 years of hip hop. So just going back and looking at some of the old recordings that we have and talking to folks, I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you got in your flowers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, people, well, how come they didn't have you at this awards? Or how come you weren't, you know, you know, celebrated it? And I said, you know what? I've been celebrated by the community and the streets and the artists and and I'm cool with that. It's 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 way, it's the way it's supposed to be. It's like, you know, I have a documentary on Showtime right now called You're Watching Video Music Box. It's directed yeah. by Nas. And and Diddy says, you know, like, you know, somebody had to start it, you know, and and I'm the one, you know. So that's how it got started. Like, let's go back 50 years, right? Like hip hop, when you felt that moment, do you feel still feel the same way now? Yeah. I still feel the same way, like I felt in 1983, that, you know, I wanted to play, at that time, music videos that were what the streets wanted, Mm. and that was new, and it was my taste, you know, like, there was nobody telling me what to play, you know, it was like, you know, I don't know, if I, I can say this, but you know, your dad was there with us when we were deciding what we were gonna play, you know, and he would say, play this. I said, you like that? He's like, yeah, and I said, all right, we're gonna play it then. And so, you know, it was just people that were around us at the time and it was our, our you know, take on what was happening. In, mm-hmm. in the- yeah. So when you look and see like one of those sits in park, right? TRL, you're like, I did that. They follow my model. Like, do you do you see that? Do you own that? I don't. You know what? I, I sometimes I I don't get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I do know that everybody, because most of these shows were being shot in New York, right? And there was no you know blueprint for it. The only thing was my show that they probably picked up something from. Mm-hmm. They probably <laughs> did. They probably did. And I think that's part of your flowers too, as well. Like you. Yes. You got it. All right, so let's talk about the fashion, right? 1980s. Were mm-hmm. you into that? Is it part of like that video music box? Were you like, what were some of your favorite fashion looks? 
Wow. The eighties, the eighties was great because the eighties was so creative. So many things were happening. It was the, from a music standpoint, it was the birth of, you know, a lot of different styles. So you you had, you know, hip hop really starting to become what it was or Mm -hmm. what it, what it was going to be. You had reggae music really starting to come into play, you know, out of the seventies where you had Bob Marley, but now you're starting to see more artists being signed in that, in that culture. You had dance music, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Madonna comes out of that era, you know, house music, you know, so many different styles of, of, of music, you know? And so with each one of those styles comes a different look, you know, in hip hop, you know, you know, the, the the signature New York Timberlands, I guess, come into play at that point sometime in the eighties, probably in the late eighties. And, and then, you know, the medallions of red, black, and green medallions and, you know, Were you rocking those? Yeah, I was definitely rocking those because, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't rich. So I, that was like, you know, that you could represent with a, <laughs> if you didn't have the big Eric B and Rakim gold chain, at least yeah. I got something around my neck. Represent, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that, that whole vibe of, you know, what the eighties looked like to gazelle glasses, mm-hmm. to quarterfield jackets, to, you know, Parker's big coats and, you know, and all that baggy, everything was baggy. Carl Kanai comes, yep. in, I mean, well, Carl Kanai really is, comes into his own in the nineties, but, you know, he was there and, you know, so you had different African-American designers that were setting the pace in the more streetwear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, it, we had already made a, a, a statement in 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 high end but now it was streetwear ready right. ready to wear you know just you know this was the cool stuff to go with and if it, it might have been a champion hoodie which i'm wearing right now somewhere in here i still wear champion hoodie champion video music bots hoodie yes so yeah so and and it was a look you know if you you looked at somebody you know and you saw the pumas and you saw the adidas and you you know the way they wore the hats, baseball caps to the side, you know, always that person's into hip hop. Okay. Yeah. You could just by looking at them. So like, let's take a look at the ladies, right? There were other rap artists before Salt and Pepper, but I feel like for me, Salt and Pepper were the first that showed that femininity, that sexiness. Like, do you agree to that? Or you feel like maybe there were others that did that? before? Yeah, I agree. Salt and Pepper, their whole production from the music, to, you know, the way they talk, to the clothes that they wore, to the hairstyles, to the boots, to everything that they wore was, you know, represented femininity, you know, and it was unique and it was well thought out. You know, it wasn't like, you know, in the eighties, you could just go to the store, put something on and then go to a video or a a photo shoot. But this was like, somebody was really sitting there going, Hey, Hmm. what you're going to wear and this is this is going to be your look mm-hmm. like michael jackson had a glove right and that was the whole thing it's like everybody would and i can remember conversations like this is like people would be like well i have to have a signature like michael jackson has a glove, right. you know and you people would try to find out whatever that signature was oh that kind of makes sense because re- when i'm thinking about them particularly salt and pepper like i'm thinking about their hairstyles that from there, you saw every girl trying to emulate and get that look. Like, I need that. So I could see that. Like, do you feel like there's an artist that had that signature look that nailed it? 
Yeah. No, I mean, for women. Like, women, like in general. Yeah. I mean, I think that clearly Run DMC, which is where Salt and Pepper realized that they had to do something that was mm -hmm. iconic, like Run DMC, where it was mm -hmm. leather pants and leather jackets and Adidas, you know, and that was that was a new look compared to what the 70s hip hop looked like. You know, the 70s hip hop was more like Rick James and yes. Parliament Funkadelic, and it was more rock and rollish looking because that's what those artists who were, when they went on tour, that's what they saw. Right. The R&B artists wearing. But Run DMC came with a youthful look in 1984, which was the leather pants, mm -hmm. you know, elite jeans. And the Adidas. And the, and, the, and the fedoras, you know, and so salt and pepper saw that and said, so what are we going to do? Hmm. And they said, and I've heard them say this in interviews, like we wanted to be the female version of run DMC. Right. Figure it out. You know what, it, what that looked like. Yeah. You know? And of course everybody knows their iconic jackets that they wore in the push it video. And it was very colorful and the hairstyles and the dancers, you know, were trying different looks and, right. All of these things made an impact on the world, you know, mm -hmm. not just New York City. It just impacted everyone in a, in a major way. You know, you wanted to come up with something that was going to set you apart and you were doing your thing, you know, right. like say, yo, do your thing, man. You know, that was, that was what it was. Okay. How influential do you think Dapper Dan was to the artists? Wow. Dapper Dan is one of those situations where you were unique. You know, mm -hmm. you could get a one of a kind mm -hmm. outfit made for, you know, maybe a thousand dollars if right. how detailed it was. And a thousand dollars back then. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah, that was a lot of money back then. And and it would be it would have your name on it. You know, okay. it would say Eric B and Rakim, or it would say Big Daddy Kane, or it would say, you know, whoever was popping at that particular time. And it might have Louis Vuitton or Fendi or Gucci print, which is really why he got in trouble because he was bootleg and they were bootleg prints. Right. And so that was, that was equivalent to a couture outfit that was made by, you know, whoever, you know, yeah. name a designer. And, and it might take a couple of days for him. You have to go get fitted, you know, and right. fit you. And then, you know, he'd tell you, you know, come back in a, in two weeks or come back in a week or if you needed it the next day, or well, then you really have to pay extra money for that. <laughs> <laughs> but the influence of that was what made it. And, and hip hop has always been about this status thing, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of car you have, what kind of jewelry you have, yep. whatever it is, what kind of shoes you wore, you know, that influences everything that influences sneaker culture right now, that whole one of a kind thing, you know, or that there's only 25 of these. Exactly. You know, that's what Dapper Dan brought to the game. And, and nobody has really, you know, done it like Dap, you know, from a street culture standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I think it's pretty cool and also dope just to see the collaborations that he's doing now, like with Gucci and like the recognition that he's getting with not just artists, but also like now these luxury brands and where once upon a time, hip hop was shunned by them. Like, you know, yeah. Louis Vuitton, Fendi, they didn't want to work with hip hop. And when did you, like, if you, if you remember, like, do you remember when you saw the switch where brands were like, 
hey, I want to work with you guys. Y'all look yeah. cool. I mean, I think it's kind of happened in the 90s when hip-hop realized how much value it had because in the 70s, in the 80s, we kind of knew we had value, but we weren't really sure in the 80s. You know, of course, there's an infamous conversation that Run DMC has with Adidas, and Adidas really is like, we don't see it, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody's wearing Adidas, you know, right. based on Run DMC, where everybody in the street saw it, like, what? <laughs> How you were you crazy? But Adidas didn't see it yet and they didn't put, you know, their, their dollars, you know, there. And but the conversation was beginning to happen like that, you know. And by the 90s, you know, you really start to see it, you know. And that's one of the reasons why some of these artists were starting to make their own clothing. So you have Jay-Z coming with, you know, Rockaware. Right. And Woo -woo. Ubu and so many successful Carl Kana, mm -hmm. uh, Tupac wears Carl Kana, you know, just because you black, I'm aware, you don't, you don't have to pay me. I'm going to support you. That's what Tupac said. You know, Biggie wears walkerwear because they live in the same community and he's like, I'm going to support my sister, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you had those type of things happening all at the same time. And then you have, you know, you know, little Kim, you know, she changes everything, you know, yeah. she's, she's just, she's gotta be super luxury, you know, and unique and, yeah. and, you know, and in name brand, right. You know, so it's, it's hip hop has always had a, a say so on fashion. It started mm -hmm. off maybe with sportswear and okay. then began to go into, you know, more of the high end brands or the high end houses. Yep. And and it, it 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 just took off. Yeah. Like what do you think when you see now like hip hop artists being paired with the brands? Like Pharrell is now the artistic director for Louis Vuitton. Like that's pretty major for hip hop. Yeah, I think it's smart too by by Louis Vuitton because well, quite obviously, you know, they knew that um mm -hmm. you know ahead of time that this is where it was going and you know you know, who, who is going to be the person that, that's going to have the vision like that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that was a perfect, you know, choice, you mm -hmm. know, because he's always been pushing forward, you know, pushing, yeah. pushing music forward, pushing culture forward, pushing ideas forward, do something different, you know, let's see what the, where this goes, let's try it out, you yeah. know. And very often, you know, in the African-American Latino community, it's very conservative in a sense, but we do do things that pop out, you know, and, and those things are immediately sucked in by mainstream culture and mm. we don't even realize it, you know, you know, it's like, we got that, we took that and, and made it something else, you know, but it, like that started out in, in, in hip hop or that started out in, you know, the Latino community or, or the Caribbean community or wherever, you know? And so I'm glad that, you know, a guy like Pharrell who will be clear that I did that, yes. which is, you know, which is, which is, you have to do that because okay. if not, you know, somebody else will be like, oh, we, we, yeah, we did that. They won't mention Pharrell's name. You exactly. know, they, we did that, you know? And, and I think that that's what many others have done. So, yeah. So like, you know, hip hop, they say is like a 
for me, like, I guess you can say like a form of self-expression, right? And sometimes there are artists, in my opinion, that go a little bit overboard Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe they can, like, maybe for the men, they can bring out a little bit more of their feminine side through their fashion. Like, do you feel like it's still them pushing creativity or do you think, are you like, no, that's not hip hop. Like, that's not what we do. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny you say that. Cause I just had the same conversation <laughs> with you, right? and you know, like, I think sometimes we. This is this is what the mainstream does, is that it pushes something that they want to see, and it may be happening in another country. It may be happening in Italy. Mm-hmm. Or it may be happening in France, or it may be happening, you know, in somewhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they want to see that pushed and 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 they have a, a vested interest in that yeah. from a financial standpoint. And hip hop is a place where you could experiment, you mm-hmm. know, it's 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 okay, we can we can do that. Where you don't may not see that in other cultures where no, we're not doing that. So mm-hmm. it's pushed on, pushed on with uh mainstream artists who are open. They're right. open to, to try different things. And sometimes I don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Very often, I don't think it works, and and the artists are okay with it. If the artist mm-hmm. is okay with it and trying something new, right, doing something different, what am I to say? You know, because they're they're it's their their career, it's them. Right. You know, and if they're cool with it, then you know I'm fine with it. So I don't. I just we just have to be mindful of where the energy is coming from. Sometimes, a hundred percent agree with that. Because I also feel like then you lose your authenticity of who you are. Like, yeah. And that's that's what, you know, you, you know, people go like, oh, I'm just being creative. Like, right. no, your fan base, you know, is not understanding what's happening right, right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think is carrying the torch now for hip hop fashion? Wow, that's a good question. Like, is it Kanye? I think Kanye still has a, a very big impact on mm-hmm. on, on everything. And I think that some of the newer artists, you know, like the Uzi Vert, uh, mm-hmm. probably Cardi still has a, some say so on what what <laughs> that, you know, because Cardi is a you know she's almost like your cousin that lives uptown, you know, yes. you know, and people that's why they appreciate her, you know. In fact, that's how she started before she was a recording artist. She was doing that, and. Yeah. And so I think that she still has a, a say. So I think that there's a lot. All the new artists, you know, Little Baby, you know, all of these these new artists that are out there doing their thing. They're trying different ideas. They're trying different things, different prints, and everybody's watching. You know, because it's not like there's one thing right now. It's almost like it went back 360 to the 80s, like when we first started talking today. Wow. You know, it's like there were so many new things that were coming out of, you know different cultures and we're all trying different things to try and yeah because there's a there's a need to get cult to, to because of the internet there's a need to oh fill this content thing you know right right get people talking and so we'll try this and let's try that and let's try this where you know back in the days you saw somebody on the photo shoot in a magazine mm-hmm. that was when you saw them you might not see them unless you went to a show you might not see them for three months right now it's every day you're filling a, some type of void that is needed because of, you know, content. The artists are based more upon 
you know, five different things than just right. their music, you know, and that's just the way it is. And it'll probably be even more as time goes by because our attention span for information is shorter and shorter and shorter. So. Absolutely. Which was going to lead me to my next question. Like, where do you see hip hop designers and even hip hop itself moving forward? It's not going anywhere. There's the music is changing and hip hop mm -hmm. is a young, young person's music. I me believe. Too. Yeah. I believe it's a young person's music. You know, we, we, you, you we chased that first time we heard, you know, whoever it was, your first time of hearing hip hop okay. for the rest of our lives. Yep. But it was that first time that had you in that mode, you know, that had you shaking your head or, you know, knowing all the lyrics or I'm going to buy that jacket that that person's wearing right now. I got to have it, you know. And so the music that comes out today, very often I don't understand it at first because it's not for me. Right. But I understand the energy that's coming mm -hmm. from it and where and how, you know, kids want to get on, you know, and they want to be somebody, you know, and they have something to say. Right. Or they just want to be a star, whatever mm -hmm. that is. And, you know, and once you go through the process, that's why I think that a lot of times careers are just short lived because it's easier now to get on than it was back in the day. Yeah. You, you have know? more access. Yeah, you have more access, you know, if you really know how to work in Instagram and TikTok and yeah. other platforms, you can kind of get that instant gratification like right away. Now, what you do with it, do you really want to be in it? Will you will find out right. fairly quickly. Right. Where back in the days it took you years to figure out like I don't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like why am I doing this? Fair. So, you'll find out real fast. Okay, so we're going to shift gears and go into our speed round. This is where I ask guests 10 questions that they do not get in advance. So they have one opportunity to plead the fifth. But for some reason, I feel like you're going to be able to answer all these questions. You ready? All right. All right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Favorite hip hop song right now is, man, see, I'm an old school head. So that's that's a tough one. But I'm going to go with, you know, a little Uzi Vert. Well, I just want to rock with him. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's a, that's hot. A, fa a fashion hip-hop trend that you hope you never see again. Polka dots. <laughs> and Kwame is my friend. <laughs> what is your favorite fashion, I mean, it's not fashion, your favorite hip-hop lyric of all time? I came through the door. I said it before. Ah. I mean, Rakim. Anything Rakim is like, Golden. Okay. Anything I, was, I was like ready. I was like ready. What else? What else you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock and Public Enemy, mm -hmm. favorite groups. The, you know, just the vocals. I love lyricists, and it's when it's matched with, with a great beat. And I think that Eric B and Rakim did, did that on a regular, and so did Public Enemy. Yeah. Okay. Paid in full or belly? Oh, yeah. I got to go with, with, with paid in full. Yeah. Okay. If you could trade places with anyone in the hip hop industry, who would it be? Ah, I'm a fan of, of and, and I know this person from bef before he became who he was, mm -hmm. but Steve Stout. Steve Stout, right. yeah. And he does so many great things. He, he, he sets up so many different concepts and ideas for us to work mm -hmm. on ourselves to be better. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I tell them all the time I could sit and listen to you all the time. <laughs> FUBU or Wu Wear? I got to go with FUBU. You know, <laughs> I, mean, 
I mean, they're both my friends and I both was there. I was there for the launch of both of them. Yeah. But, you know, when I heard Damon say, when he said, I have a shirt and I want to give you one. And I was like, well, what's it called? And he said, FUBU. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, FUBU, that's bias. So I was like, what? That's the most <laughs> incredible thing I ever heard in my life. So yeah, FUBU. <laughs> All right. This one, I, this one might cause a little controversy, but let's see. All right. Which borough do you feel owns hip hop? Brooklyn or the Bronx? I got to give it to the Bronx. And I'm a Brooklyn guy. Mm -hmm. But the first time I ever really got what hip hop was all about mm -hmm. was in the Bronx. Okay. And it was right after that, the Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, we take it. So we take it and then we run with it and we own it. <laughs> yes. All right. Your most luxurious item. And this doesn't have to be in terms of quality. I mean, quant money. It could be something that means something to you. I think my archives, mm -hmm. because from when I started this show in 1983, I knew that somebody in 2023 was going to want to look at it yep. and see what, what it was like back then. And so I was like, that's going to be worth something, yep. you know, not just financially, but worth something for us here, yep. you know, that we can learn from, that we can talk about that, that tells a story and tells a, a narrative because often I would look at documentaries back then and they were completely off and people, oh, they got it wrong. It wasn't like that. You know, and I, yeah. and I was like, well, who made these documentaries? And there were people that were part of the culture. So I said, well, I'm part of the culture and I'm going to save all this footage. And I have over 20,000 hours of content. And anytime you're usually watching a documentary about something, yeah. they'll more than likely call me up and say, Ralph, do you have anything? And I'm like, yeah, actually I do. And so, we try to keep that authentic. And I think that that's, that's, that's a luxury. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. My last question, what is your favorite quote to live by? I would say, I don't know if it's a quote or not, but I would say that don't waste time. Yeah. Do it now, you know, because you don't know how much time you have. Mm -hmm. So do it. And, and, and even if you fail, it's okay. You did it. Right. So, yeah. I love it. So we do have two questions. We had a lot of questions come in from Instagram yeah. of people that wanted to know a little bit more about you. And so the first question is with the rise in popularity of digital media today, how do you see video music box positioned in the age of technology? Well, video music box, especially our archives, it's like art, you know, it's like, you know, you go to a museum and you look at it and you, it inspires you or, gets conversation going in some way, shape or form. And it's like when I show somebody like Slick Rick performing at back in the eighties and people yeah. go, yo, he, he was wearing those gold chains back then, you know, yeah. all those gold chains. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, they, they're looking at different things, you know, they're looking at the hairstyles, they're looking at the jewelry, they're looking at all these different things that are part of me. I'm just listening to the music really. Cause I was, that's why I, I was a fan of the music. But people see different things when they look at some of these these old clips that we put up every once in a while. And like I posted recently, Total in 1996 in Brooklyn performing. And, mm -hmm. you know, and people were like, yo, this is crazy right now. And like, I can remember it clearly that right. when they performed, you know, and, and everybody was enjoying themselves. The artists were enjoying themselves. The, the kids, it was an Easter weekend, so it was a kid's thing. 
And then the brat came out at the same show. You know, it was just like, but that was what hip hop was about. You know, like smaller venues, more intimate, yes. and personal. And, you know, I think that the artists really enjoyed that. You know, you know, he, everything grows. Excuse me. Everything grows. Yeah. But I think that those moments are the best moments that for me. Yeah. Okay. And the last question, what advice would you give to young creatives looking to make their own mark in a constantly evolving media landscape? You have to be out there. You got to be outside. You know, you have to be <laughs> outside. Have to be outside. Right. You have to be outside, you know, and you have to go to these events because you're going to network with people that you might not have known. You're going to meet some cool people who are going to tell you about something else that's going on. And then that's going to lead you to somewhere, you know, and, 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 and document it all, you know, like there's been many times when I didn't have my professional camera, but I had my phone mm. and, you know, and it shoots 4k yeah. and and I grabbed the moment, you know, because I was like, whoa, this is a moment right here. Right. And, I love that. And, you know, and I knew it, you know, and, and the, my first instinct is to pull out my phone if it's not being disrespectful to anybody. Yeah. So I just, you know, and, but people usually like myself, I see Johnny Nunez do that, who's an awesome photographer. And he came up under us watching us and he does it it's the same thing I do. I said, that's yeah. right, Johnny, get that camera. <laughs> I love it. And so there goes your advice for all those that are listening. Mr. Ralph McDaniels, thank you so much for joining us today. And I feel like in the words of today's guest, don't waste time. Just do it. Be in the moment and just go for it. Until next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.